Uh, we're entering into a couple of different um, series. We've got a one-off preaching uh, item today, which Phil is going to lead us in in just a moment. And then the next couple of weeks, we're doing a, a mini-series uh, recognising the kind of uh, what we're called to be as a church, up and out. If you've been around us a little while, you've probably heard that. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and, then, um, and then we've got another series over the summer about spiritual disciplines, which we're looking forward to. Uh, but this week we wanted to talk about one particular subject. So uh, let's give Phil Bowyer a big welcome as he comes to preach to us. Wonderful. Well, good morning, friends. It's nice to see you all again. Um, as Sam mentioned, we are going to just talk about serving today. But if you're with us in the last few weeks, you'll know that we've, uh, we've been in a series called our Troublemakers series, when we looked at the lives of Elijah and Elisha, two key prophets in Israel, and uh, their lives and how they behaved and how they walked that. Um, next week, as Sam mentioned, we're going to be starting our Life 2.0, which is our in-person where we'll have a bigger capacity, as Sam mentioned just a moment ago, where we're launching around a new series, uh, just to touch on up, in and out, our core values, um, to love God, to love one another, and to serve the community. Uh, but as, as he said this week, we're going to dip into serving. And um, before I start, I think it'd probably be really helpful if I prayed, um, because I need God's help, and uh, I think we need God's help to hear what he has to say to us, don't we? So I'm going to pray. Mm. Father, we love you, we honour you this morning. We, Lord, we do want to just still our hearts and listen to you. Father, I pray that even as I speak, Lord, uh, that your words will be those that are spoken and, uh, and not so much mine. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, that you would provoke us. Lord, that we would uh, go away from here being those who are committed to serve and love one another in a, in a different way. Um, Father, I ask, would you be at work by your wonderful Holy Spirit who brings peace and comfort and uh, wonderful correction, Lord? Would you be at work among us this morning as we gather in whatever way we're gathering on screens or, or in the room? Father, we ask that you, you would be among us and speak to us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well... Hopefully you'll be able to relate somewhat to this story, but um, if you've lived for a little while, you may probably have paid a visit to a fast food chain before in your life. Um, hands up if you have any kind of a fast food chain, ever. I can see some hands that aren't up, which is surprising. <laughs> um, if you're on Zoom, I'm assuming there's a, a majority who have got their hands up. If, if you live in this culture, we have a very fast food culture and many other things. I say this to say, when I was, I think, around the age of 13, I was in a church youth group uh, in the church that my mum and dad took us to at that age. And I remember on a Saturday morning, there was a, a church youth group away day for fun and mayhem, as, as that's what you get in a youth group. And uh, we went to Brighton, which is on the south coast, if my memory serves me right. And when we were down there, it kept to the middle of the day, so we needed lunch. And I remember uh, previously I had, you know, I'd had McDonald's before, not loads. We didn't do that loads as a family, but I was familiar-ish with the process. It's a fast food place, so you order your food and you get your food quickly, hence the name. And, um, and so for the first time, I was having to do this myself. 
And uh, I remember going with a youth group, and I lined up as you do, and you wait for the for the next person to have been served and ushered to the side. And, and then it was my go, so I stepped up to the counter, and I, I spoke to the lady behind the counter, and I said, "I'd like." I don't remember what I ordered, a double cheeseburger meal or something. And um, she promptly took my order and said, okay, well, that'll be this much money, which for starters was a little strange because I thought if I wanted something, I would get it and then pay for it. But, you know, naive me. So I gave her the money and she said, okay, now you need to wait. So I thought, okay, she's going to wait over here. Uh, Soon enough, hopefully she's going to give me what I've asked for. And um, I, I had no idea how long you had to wait in these places. I thought, you know, it's fast food, so if you order it, it came. And uh, 30 seconds have passed, I think, not long, and I went up to the lady and I said, excuse me, I ordered some food. Where's, where's my food? And she responded, it's being cooked, you need to wait a bit longer. Uh, so I kind of faded back into the background and thought, oh, it doesn't come straight away. My reason for just touching on that is to say, it's not a direct comparison to our culture, but we do live in a culture now that is very fast. You know, we have everything at the click of a button. Um, if you're online and you shop online, you can choose to do your grocery shopping. And all you have to do is go to the supermarket, press a button, most likely a call button, and say, I've ordered some shopping. They bring it out, and all you do is put it in the car. There are many ways, you know, we order online, whatever it is, and you can choose the quickest service of delivery. Uh, and we don't have to do much. So it's, it's low effort. It's no time expense. We do things as fast as we can. And not only that, but in this culture that we live in, there's a bit of a culture of entitlement. You know, we, for, 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 for so long we've lived in a, in a culture which says, actually, well, I can have open access to all of this, so, you know, I'm, I'm entitled to this. I, I deserve this. And um, these are some key things that I think actually, perhaps, actually we need to reorientate a little bit and recalibrate how we, what, how we approach these things. Perhaps you're not from um, a, a Western culture. Perhaps you're from the global South or East. And actually, you know, you've, you've been... Uh, in, in the UK for a little while, or second or third generation, and there are still things that you observe in this culture, you think, they're just strange. The, this, these British folk, they're just weird. Or these Western folk, you know, there's something about the way they do culture which is a bit backwards, and that's fair enough, there probably is. Um, but actually, fundamentally, there are still some things in our culture which do... 100% need us to look at again and say, well, how do, we, how do we do that as Christians? How do we do that as disciples, as followers of Jesus, as those who love God? How do, we, how do we live in a culture which says, well, it's all about you, so you get whatever you want to gratify yourself as fast as you can with as minimal effort as you can? How do we approach that? Because that, friends, isn't isn't the culture that, that God would have us buy into as Christians. We, we're called to serve one another. We're called to serve one another. And, uh, and the Christian culture pushes completely against this culture, this prevailing culture uh, that we are in, that whether we like it or not, we can, you know, we can easily buy into. I know for myself, I, you know, I'm not the perfect husband. I'd like to be, I'm not. I'm not the perfect dad. Um, I'm quite irritable sometimes. I get grumpy. 
Um, hopefully I'm not the only one. I don't think I am. But we, we, we can so easily have these perceptions of how we deserve to be treated because of a culture that we live in. And I want to say to us this morning, I think there's probably some things we need to recalibrate because we've got that wrong. So Jesus says in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, he says, he's speaking to his disciples, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Two verses, four times, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. You've got to love one another. Because I've loved you and so love one another. People will know you're my disciples if you love one another. You might think, well, what does loving what does loving someone have to do with serving someone? It has everything to do with serving someone. To do with this position of, of being able to, to serve, to live in service to someone, has everything to do with loving them. And if the two don't connect, then it's just lip service, and you can see the difference between that. It's not, it's not, it's not authentic, and Jesus calls us to authentic, authentic living. Paul addresses... Uh, a similar issue when he's talking to the Corinthians in, in chapter 13 in, in the epistle to the Corinthians in the New Testament. They are the Corinthian church, uh, a, a new body of believers. Um, they've basically got themselves into a bit of a pickle saying, you know, I'm chief among those who use the gift of prophecy in our corporate gatherings. Or, you know, I speak in the tongues of angels. I, I have this gift and this gift and this gift. And God gives us spiritual gifts to use to benefit and to build one another up. But actually, Paul says, no, you've missed it. Guys, you've missed it. You, you know, you've become all about these spiritual gifts to, I don't know, to compete against, uh, against one another, to prove who's more spiritually inclined or something like that. But actually, you've missed something. The essence of the, where we start is here. Where we start is loving one another. Where we start is loving one another. There's a real provocation. I want us to be provoked. I'm provoked, having prepared this. You start with loving one another. Close relationships are perhaps, no, there's no perhaps about it, they are... The, uh, the relationships that require the most effort. Close relationships are not time effective. They're not efficient. They require uh, a, a mentality that says, it's not about me, that goes against the culture, actually. In some, in some respects, this is one of the few things that goes against the cultural norm, because if we know how to build effective relationships, we know that actually it's about the other person. It's about us serving the other person, preferring the other person. In the West, as I said, you know, it's all about time efficiency, as little effort as possible, and to get the, the best outcome as possible. And that's good logic, time efficiency, little, little effort, but that's not, that's not how it works when it comes to people. It's not how it works. People aren't projects for us to achieve a certain result. People aren't an inconvenience. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. People aren't an inconvenience. 
People aren't problems that just need sorting. Just fix, just go and fix yourself and come back when you're fixed. People aren't a means to, to step on to get somewhere else. People come in all shapes and sizes. Wonderful diversity, ethnic diversity, cultural backgrounds, preferences, uh, personalities. In all, our, in all our diversity, we were made in his image. In all our differences, we were made in, in his image. People are the ones God chose to rescue. People have intrinsic value because God loves us, and God loves us even in our brokenness. Think of your most... Your, the, the moments that you're least proud of in life. If you can think of those. God loves you still. He doesn't approve of that. He loves you. He died for you to save you from that, perhaps. But he loves us. Friends, we can forget this about one another so easily, can't we? Uh, Sam mentioned before about preferring, about loving and serving one another. That's what this is about. In the New Testament, we're told 59 times, something like 59 times, how it is that we're supposed to relate and to behave with one another. They are the one another phrases that you find littered throughout the New Testament. Here's just a few. Be hospitable to one another. Accept one another. Be kind to one another. Pray for one another. Submit to one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Be patient with one another. As I was writing that down, I thought, don't always do those. I'm not always hospitable. Uh, I don't accept people all the time. I'm not always kind. I'm not always praying for all of my brothers and sisters. I don't always submit. How, how are you doing on that? One anothering, loving one another, requires us to lay down our preferences for the sake of others. I'll say that again. Loving one another and serving one another requires us to lay down our preferences for the sake of someone else's preferences. So how can we do that more practically then? I mean, Sam mentioned this already and it's a, it's a key thing that's going on at the moment. We're just about to readjust to a slightly different way of doing things with bigger capacity in person. We'll be carrying on on Zoom like this. But in person, there are practical ways we can love and serve and honour and help and prefer one another. That might look like next week you come with a mask on, even if you don't need it. I'm not concerned about others. I'm not concerned about COVID, perhaps. But you don't do it for yourself. You do it for others. You do it because if you catch it, a virus that is going around the world at the moment that is very, very contagious and can be very dangerous, if you catch it, you know, who knows the ramifications? And so we serve one another. So maybe consider, next week I'm going to wear a face mask. Wearing a coloured lanyard when you come in next week to say, look, this is where I stand. I want to serve you and make sure I, I accommodate you well. I want to love you. That's what this is about. Maybe you can ask yourself, how is it in the weeks ahead, in the days ahead, that you can serve 
someone else, uh, that you can serve your brothers and sisters, that you can serve your family well. How can you do that? How can we do that? Look at Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. Some of you might be familiar with these verses. It says this, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If there was anyone who was entitled to clutch on to those those attributes that were rightly his as, as the eternal son, if there was anyone who was worthy to, you know, to push back and say, actually, no, I, I ought not to have to serve you in that way because I'm, I'm the king of glory. If there was anyone who was, supposed, who was able to do that, it would have been him. But what did he do? What does Jesus do? He became immortal. The immortal God the Son became immortal. He became fragile. He became susceptible to pain and to death and to crucifixion. He chose to leave the comfort of heaven. Get your minds around this just for a moment. The king of glory chose to leave heaven for us, for you and for me. So that he could come to the world he created and save those who didn't even want saving. He chose to lay aside his preferences for the sake of gaining us, us our greatest freedom and giving us our greatest joy. What a saviour. He was always kind. He loved the unlovely. He didn't revile those who reviled him. He healed the sick all the time. He raised the dead. He cared for the marginalised and the outcast of society. He gave the untouchables dignity. He washed the disciples' feet. He served people. This king, this king, wow. What a God we have, friends. He became man so that he could be the perfect representative of man before God, being utterly guiltless, making us who are guilty able to come before the Father and be accepted on his merit so that we could become friends of God. What a, what a God we serve. Come on. This area of serving one another isn't an easy one. I'm, you know, and by our behaviours, we're not saved. So it's got nothing to do with good works or anything like that. And some of this, it goes against our fleshly desires, which is fairly self-centred. But actually, friends, we get to, because of the immense love which, which he's loved us, we can say, oh God, would you help me because I'm selfish? Help me because I'm... I'm arrogant. Help me because I'm hard-hearted sometimes. Help me because I'm not always kind to those people that irritate me. I would encourage us, why don't you ask God to help you with this? I need help with this. And I don't think I'm the only one. But Jesus has called us to love one another because he loved us. He loved us first. And so, friends, 
he gives us the, the invitation to love, the instruction to love one another. Because he, he, he who left heaven served us so that we, as we go, wow, Lord, look what you've done. I can serve others because I know how much you've served me. I can love others because I know how much you've loved me. It's an overflow thing. So friends, I'd invite us to, to just, I'm going to pray, but to just, why don't you open your hands or, or just prepare your heart. To, why don't you respond? I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, we need your help in this. And I thank you that you are our helper. That's what, that's what your word says. That's what this says. You are our helper and you were sent to help us so that we might be able to persevere to the end, following and honouring you, and to love you, and to love one another. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, where we, are, where we struggle with this, Father, would you, would you minister into our hearts and show us the great love which you've got for us, which you love us with, so that we might go, oh, oh wow, I can love others now because of how much I've realized you love me and I'm not deserving of that. Father, I pray you'd help us in this, that we would be those who love one another, who serve one another, who, 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 who do things, laying down our own preferences to prefer others to love them. Lord Jesus, we want to do this well together because it brings you much glory and also to the world who do not know you. They're able to see, wow, these people are authentic. They're disciples of Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd help us do this. For your great glory, we love you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you, Phil, for such an encouragement to us to serve one another. We've got uh, an increased opportunity to do that in the coming season. Lots of activity increasing across the church uh, over and after the summer. So there's lots of opportunities to serve. Get in touch with us if you want to know a bit more about that. And uh, as Phil has encouraged us to, let's uh, be seeking out opportunities to serve one another in uh, many ways, demonstrate that love uh, that he was talking about. What a, what a good encouragement that was. It's been great to see you. Uh, have a wonderful week.